Hello, everyone listening. This is Paul Little with showbizmonkeys.com here with uh, Tim Gray of Gray of Comedy for the Showbiz Monkeys. Sort of, kind of. It's like a... Maybe. Maybe if you... Once in a while, it's it's on a good day. It's like a podcast. Yes. Sort of. If you want to download it and listen to it like a podcast. Yeah. Just get in the mindset that it's a podcast. Yeah. So... Uh, I got to interview Maria Bamford and I feel like a kid on a thousand different Christmases and they're all equally as good because I was so giddy after doing this interview because she just opened up and we got to have a great conversation. She even gave me a bit as a stand-up, like gave me a tag for one of my jokes and... Uh, Oh, I can't tell you how happy I am to be able to talk to her. She's a she's a great person. And she's she's also one of the funniest comics yeah. in the world. Hands down, yeah. She's definitely. such a great performer and yeah, it's kind of interesting as you'll hear in this interview, uh that she kind of uh let down her guard a little bit with you. Like normally when yeah. she does interviews, she kind of goes back and forth into bits and characters and with yeah. you, she was just herself. It was way. comfortable. It was yeah, she, it was great. I called I called her a couple times. I couldn't get through. I left her long sort of very expressive voicemails as per the request on her answering machine. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that really sort of softened her, softened her up a little bit. Yeah, so uh, you will definitely enjoy listening to this. Woohoo! On that kind of like a sort of podcast. Showbizmonkeys.com Hey, this is Maria Bamford. Uh, you are listening to a Showbiz Monkeys this is Tim Gray, and I am talking with none other than Maria Bamford. Hey, thank you, Tim Gray, for having me, and, uh, Yes, for having me, uh, for having me. <laughs> Anytime. Sure. Uh, so you started out at 19 as a stand-up, if I'm correct? Yeah, and I I didn't, uh, I was doing kind of more performance art, so I didn't really, I didn't do a lot of clubs. Some people do the road. My friend Jackie Cation, JackieCation.com. Yeah. Um, she did a lot of road stuff, so... I did mostly theaters and places where it would be a safe environment. And I was in Minnesota where nobody oh, that's had good. Yeah. Yeah, we're up in Manitoba, not that far from from Minnesota. Yeah. Are yeah. people, do people heckle there? Uh, it, it depends on the room. Uh, Neil Hamburger was in town actually uh, two nights ago. Okay. My friends were opening for him and, uh, and it was just like a lot of talking and a lot of... Uh, some heckling, da, da, da. but when you know he he took the stage, he was able to control the audience. Well, and I heard—I mean, I've only heard stories of Neil Hamburger where oh. he's open for musicians and just totally been, you know, pelted with stuff. And oh, really, yeah, like I think he can be sort of okay with that. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to be relaxed and lighthearted. Yeah, when heckled. Two of my friends now are hosting at the club in town, and they were talking about. Uh, when a heckler comes at you with something, rather than immediately trying to break them down or, or attack them or, you know, go on the defense, it's usually better to just, because they're typically pretty drunk, usually just to let them dig their own hole. and then Right. Yeah, I totally, I think that is a wonderful uh, philosophy. And I, I'm, my new, and this is a, 
I live in Los Angeles, so this is a, perhaps a somewhat hippy-dippy. But I was um, thinking, what if the person needs to be heard? Yeah. Like, just like, like maybe, you know, because I love it. about That's what I love about live performance is that things happen. Yeah, yeah. And, um, I mean, I still, my knees shake, if not my hands, if somebody... And it's not, I I never get heckled. I just get people sort of like making loud comments to themselves or like Mm, talking, mm -hmm. talking kind of things. And I always assume it's hostile, but it can't be because I'm heckling all the time. Like I take a fitness class at the Armenian Cultural Center (laughs) where we lift two pound weights. Aren't my hands heavier? (laughs) And uh, they, but I find like I'll kind of make jokes to my friends throughout it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God damn it. I am the One problem. Them, yeah. And I get, I get it. It's fun. But then when, you, when I'm frightened and afraid like a little animal on stage, mm-hmm. I haven't yet. Anyways, I'm, I'm growing. Or not. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird because you don't want to, you don't want to get, you don't want to get tough skin per se because then it might, I don't like seeing bitter comedians who, you know, sometimes the, the, an audience member will say something, and maybe that audience member, you know, legitimately had a clever little twist on whatever you were saying, yes. and it could have added to the show if you would allowed it to. But then instead, you just go on the attack, and you'd say everything. You know, you try to tear the part person apart as much as you can. And I don't like seeing that so much as I like the bantering of it. Yeah, no, I really, I like bantering. I and I saw in England that happen a lot more. I was thinking in Canada mm-hmm. it might be more that because uh, there's just more an experience of public debate and all that stuff where in the U.S. it's all bombastic like, you suck. No, you suck. <laughs> I'm a dumb-dumb. You're, you're a dumb-dumb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I noticed that. I, I spent some time in England as well and I know you went to the uh, University of Edinburgh, did you? Yeah, or? for one year. Yeah, and you joined an improv troupe out there? Yeah, and the guy who, one of the main guys was from Canada. Okay. I, I picked up this book called uh, Tickling the English from Darren O'Brien. Okay. And uh, it's a really interesting read. It's He just, uh, he goes on a tour, right, of the of the UK. And uh, for each, each city that he's in, he writes, or each group of cities, maybe three at once, he'll write a chapter about it. And he talks about a little bit about the, like the history of the area, some interesting facts. And as well, he'll also, he'll have like, uh, you know, a uh, person in red hat, you know, a fly instructor or or something peculiar about an audience member from each show. So from each show, he'll try to pull something from the audience that'll make that show a one-time thing. Like, you'll never see that portion of the show again because it's just him interacting with the audience. And I think a lot of English comedians have that preloaded into their set is audience interacting bits. Yeah, it is really pleasurable as an audience member to experience. I really, that there's um, one American, Paula Poundstone, who I've yeah. seen, who really, she'll like weave like three or four groups together throughout the show. Like she'll talk to one group and then another group. It's really quite spectacular to me. Like I, yeah, yeah it's really lovely to watch because it's so, yeah, it's really, like yeah. she'll talk with one for a while, one group for a while, yeah. and then she'll talk to another group, and then at the kind of near the end of the show, she'll kind of wrap them all together. Yeah, in this sort of organic way, like it's not in a way that not seems, yeah, yeah, like a forced thing, like a where a memory thing. Yeah, 
like, I remember you and you and you and you. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll take photos after the show. Boom. How does she do it? (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) Um, But it is, yeah, it's, it's really... Sometimes I have a hard time. I I get worried when I watch that comic because I get worried I'm gonna take stuff like in my subconscious. Mm-hmm. Like so, which is you know because I would like to watch long sets of other comics. I mean sometimes I feel like people who are prophetic, like Louis C.K. or something, yeah. I go, oh well that's good to watch because I like somehow I go, oh well I won't copy any of that because <laughs> yeah. it's impossible or yeah. or just I mean not just uh, some. Conscious copying. I was watching um, uh, that show. Did you ever see that show, Talking Funny, with no. Ricky? Uh, it's like I think a one-time thing, but it's Ricky Gervais, Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, and Louis C.K. just sitting in a room together, just talking about comedy and stuff like that. Oh, that sounds awesome! It's really interesting. Yeah, really. It's a. It's on YouTube in four parts. Uh, Ricky Gervais produced it. Ate an HBO special. And um, there was a big debate between Seinfeld and Louis C.K. because, as you know, you know Louis throws away his uh, his set after a year, after a year, right. like he that gets. That is amazing. Yeah, right. Like I'm I'm been doing this for like two years, and I maybe have 15 minutes that you know I'll clutch onto for a while. But uh, he said he he throws away his uh, his material every year, and then the next year he'll start with whatever he closed with. So that he has like the watermark set the highest possible before he develops the the new hour. And Jerry Seinfeld was thought that it was dumb, and and people are just you know there to see your your classics typically if you're a big name like that. Um, but then they started talking about you know Jerry Seinfeld sells you know three to three to five or five to seven years he'll have a new set, but it comes in at pieces like you're working on a new bit and then he'll put it into his act. I was just wondering how your material evolves over your for Louis C.K. was talking talk, and he told me about that like yeah it was just amazing because I think it just takes so much courage yeah. to do that and yeah. to have things fall yeah. uh, you know to fail and um and I don't I, I don't I didn't see that happen like um I know that I mean whenever I go to the Melbourne Comedy Festival and and Edinburgh's like that where you write a whole right. new hour and the viewers say yeah, you have to have a whole new hour every year. Uh, Edinburgh, everyone has a new hour, and and Melbourne too. And and there's some really, there. It's just, it's really great because people have to put it out there. But then there is the danger of it. I mean, because I, I just know I couldn't be consistent. You know, like maybe yeah. one year I'd have a miracle show, <laughs> and then the next show, and YouTube like. That is kind of, you know how they put out half-developed bits? And it's like, oh, goddammit, I don't Uh, want that to be out there. It's awful, right? But I guess that's okay. You know, it's like the artistic process. It's like a sketch rather than a full-blown painting. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it takes, I would say it takes about four or five, but I also am not the hardest-working comic. You know, like, I I work on my bits, but I'm trying to have... More of a, I mean, not that people don't have personal lives, but I yeah. think I'm, uh, let's just call it, I'm lazy. <laughs> and <laughs> sometimes that I, I sleep a lot. Um, <laughs> I think that's taking away from my job writing time. <laughs> or it's you, allowing I mean, you to relax. So it took you two years to do, uh, yeah, and I think that makes sense in the beginning. Yeah, well, it's, you know, five minutes at a time. 
Yeah. There's no stage time around here that's more than five minutes right now. Yeah, anyways. how many nights a week are there shows? Uh, well, twice a week there's an open mic. And then on top of that, um, we do a radio show that's an hour. And then uh, there's a TV show that we're doing. Um, it's it's a, like a satirical news slash talk show. Uh, we're doing it for a community broadcasting uh, station. So there's no money whatsoever. But they give us equipment. And so we get... Oh. We get all set up and it's a lot of fun because he forces us to write a bunch of jokes every week and you know in a in a prairie city there's not a lot of opportunity to be writing for a tv show regardless of how low status it is it's still well, something I like. it's hard to do that anywhere like yeah. I, mean, I would think in los angeles it would be really hard here like it sounds yeah i think it would be much more that just sounds awesome yeah that's yeah, so much fun good for you yeah I have to do shows, or don't have to, I choose to do shows yeah. uh, this weekend, and I haven't done an hour in probably like a month, and so like I have to go through my jokes in my mirror, and just to oh, do yeah? that, like it gets me, it's like it's it's hard to force myself to do it, you yeah, know? Yeah, to force yourself into the work, yeah. Yeah, and so I have to like call a friend, say I'm going to do it, and I yeah. call another friend and say yeah. I did it, or... And then do all the dishes and clean the house and do the yeah. laundry. Yeah, well, I totally did that. Yeah. I totally cleaned the house before <laughs> I started. Yeah. I always get so much done when I have to get something else that's really important done. <laughs> yeah, that's. I find that sometimes that's hard, is like prioritizing, like, oh, okay, first I have to do the creative thing, and then I tweet about it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Not like tweet first. Yeah. <laughs> Just all promotion, no content. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <just> <laughs> you get up on stage and it's like, well, I guess I can start writing now. Yeah. <laughs> I think you guys are really going to like what I promoted this week. Uh, <laughs> right now I'm on stage. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to be on stage for the next 45 minutes. <laughs> Want to come on down to yeah. me? <laughs> yeah. Start reading out your tweets. Well, it's a, I, I have a joke. You know, I've... I've stopped tweeting, but now what I do is I just whisper what I'm doing in the present tense all the time, and if people want to start following me, that's cool. <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, Tim. Oh, you got a good laugh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just dropped my water. Oh, no. Oh, no. So, um, yeah, like, well, what advice would you give to a comic who is just starting out? I've asked a lot of people that question, and I think uh, your blurb on your website in the facts section about that is uh, is pretty much spot on. Like, uh, there's 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 no shortcuts to it, right? There, there's no there's no pick up this book. There's no uh, there's no easy way into it. It's just go up, do it, get good at it, fail at it, do it again. Yeah, it, I. It's so funny when people ask, like people go, oh, so how do I get an agent or manager? And I totally do that, but with other art forms, yeah. they go, I just want to play the guitar, <laughs> but I can't. I don't have time, you yeah. know. And it's like, oh, yeah. if I enjoyed it, I would make time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for reiterating what I said on my <laughs> website. But what do you find helpful? I try to try to stay in in the headset of of what could work as a joke. Cause, uh, I think there's a lot of things that people just say with their friends, uh, or even, uh, try to be aware of stuff around you more. 
so that if you see a sign that is like I was driving through the White Show, which is like a national park, and there was a sign that said "Be Bear Smart," and I've passed this sign, you know, two, three times a year uh, for the whole my whole life, and I've never thought about that sign. And then I saw it again, and then I thought, well, that's kind of ridiculous. Be Bear Smart. I don't want to be Bear Smart. I want to be Human Smart. <laughs> entering a bear's habitat. And then I drew real analogies to like, if I catch some some blonde girl stealing my porridge, maybe I want to be bear smart. But <laughs> right, right, <laughs> bears don't finish high school. <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time you saw a bear with a graduating cap? <laughs> Not like those clever owls. Do you um, like I'm also always grateful when somebody gives me a tag, you know? Yeah. But then I feel weird sometimes if I don't know the comedian and they give me a tag, then I feel like, oh, you know, like, is it okay to accept it? Even if they say it's okay to take it, like, I feel, I don't know, it's something weird. Like, I'll accept a tag for my friend Jackie, but, like, this one young dude totally gave me this awesome tag for a joke, and I was like, "Eh." (laughs) I I mean, thanks a lot, but I mean... (laughs) I mean, should we get to know each other better? Yeah. I don't think I'm ready to take this step. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It does. Yeah. So I'm sort of intimate. <laughs> I just met you. I you. I can't take your tag. Yeah. Yeah. But I took it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, a good tag's a good tag. <laughs> yeah. I guess that maybe that's pride, too, where it's like I go, that young guy's only been doing it for a while. <laughs> he can't know that I have a weakness. <laughs> But I need his tags desperately. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's part of it, too, where I go, I should have thought of that. So stupid. Do you get a lot of people, um, like, at your notoriety, do you get a lot of people in your everyday life that try to pitch you jokes? No, really. I mean, no? sometimes people go, oh, that's funny. And then sometimes I'll, now I write them down. Well, yeah. Not all the time, but I'll write it down. I mean, if it's something that I go, oh, yeah, I would like to talk about that. But I used to tell people, <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of don't do things that way. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, why not do things that way? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, yeah, sometimes I'll take them and sometimes I, I won't. It depends on my attitude, really. Mm-hmm. When did you uh, make the move to Los Angeles? Um, I moved. I, I got a job doing Star Trek characters, and then they said, nice. and I got a boyfriend who lived out in Los Angeles. I mean, I did a Star Trek character shows, and then I hooked up this dude, and then he lived in Los Angeles, and then said there was going to be jobs in Los Angeles for this Star Trek show. Oh, yeah. And I was like, this is my job. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. It seemed like a better choice for me than, I mean, I was kind of bored in Minneapolis. Yeah. And then... Uh, it seemed like a better choice than New York because I'd been to New York before and I was like, I can't survive it emotionally. Like, it's really fun to be there, but like, how was that? And this is, this could be prejudice. <laughs> I was, I was like at a club in New York City and was hanging out uh, with a bunch of comics and they're all dudes. It yeah. really felt, it felt like I remember how it was in Minnesota where none of the dudes would talk to me. Really? And it were it was a certain kind of vibe, and maybe it was just a certain kind of vibe of like, and I don't know, maybe they thought I was crappy. You know, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. And maybe um, I had something on my face or 
you know, maybe it didn't really mean anything at all. <laughs> like I was yeah. They're like, whoa, uh, is somebody volunteering to take her around town? <laughs> yeah. This is yeah. my rooster dress. Did you get any food in your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> I have an eating disorder. Yeah. I can't find my mouth. <laughs> that actually, I've been enjoying doing that bit. I, I want to take food up and then try, try to get people to tell me where my mouth is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is this it? Am I getting... Ah! That's funny. White girls have eating disorders and <laughs> I am no different. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's really good. Well, thanks. Yeah. I was thinking about that the other day. Um, I've been listening to a lot of your stuff and I watched your uh, Christmas comedy special again the other night. And... Um, Thanks a you, lot for doing all that research. That's real nice. Oh, I very it's very much my pleasure. I I'm a huge comedy nerd and uh like No, a, you've read a lot of books. I I, I wrote down those book titles, the tickling the English, tickling the English talking really funny good. or talking funny is the video thing. Talking funny, yeah, yeah. That sounds awesome. Really good stuff. Um like I I've been aware of your stuff for a while. I had the Comedy Death Ray uh C D a little while ago and um you you have a sort of fragile style and, and and I think a city like New York wouldn't be conducive to letting that uh, flourish. Like that's something I, I worry about almost in a retrospective way. Like if you know, if you had been in a city that was stifling or didn't allow you to to explore uh, whatever it is you're funny, then I don't know. I just worry about that. I don't know why I worry about that. Well, and it's. I mean, I think it's a cultural thing. Like I grew up not like. You don't talk back. You also are... Yeah. I mean, I don't know in my family where you don't talk back, you don't interrupt, you don't uh, talk loudly. Yeah. You, um, it's be... your fault. <laughs> like, everything's <laughs> your fault. Yeah. And so, and maybe I do better now. I have this friend, uh, Joelle Johnson, who's out of uh, Atlanta, and yeah. she's a very great, good, great comic, and she went up... She was. She just moved to New York, and I saw her in Atlanta. And then she moved to New York, and she, and was doing shows every night. And she was freaking awesome, like super tight, like really great, you know, super fast, and yeah. and kind of that like calm feeling, like no matter what happens, she's going to be all right, you know. Yeah. And and she said she had done a lot of rooms where people heckle and or you know talk back and or boo, like boo you off the stage. Oh, uh, that'd be terrible. And and I was like, oh, man, maybe that would be good for me to just, you know, I mean, I don't know, just to, because sometimes the, yeah. the weird thing, like when you get nice people coming out to see exactly you, then sometimes you lose focus of, <laughs> like, is this any good? Or are people or are just, like, just being really happy? Just going, uh, I'd like you as a person, <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> which is nice. But then sometimes it's. Uh, I don't. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know if laughter is uh, is is for the most part. I don't think it's possible to be insincere uh, when you're laughing at something. Like especially for a room of people, that's one of the things that I I, I love the most about stand up. Is uh, it could be a room of strangers or it could be a room of my close friends and family. Uh, but if a joke isn't a good joke. They're either gonna, you know, boo and heckle if they're strangers and mean, or they'll just sit and smile and wait for one that is actually a good joke. Like I, I think I don't think people would laugh just because uh, 
Oh, the sh- I heard she donated to charity. Yeah, yeah, but have you ever seen, wrong. like, I don't know, at least the first five minutes of somebody said who's famous? Like, and then... True that. And everyone gives them the benefit of the doubt for the first 50 minutes. And, and Or have seen somebody who is famous amongst a certain group, and then they go somewhere else, like, like, like an American comic going to the UK. Yeah. And like nobody knows who they are and then it's like, what? Wait a minute. Like the bits that uh, Yeah. You know, I, I don't I don't know. Like I, that's happened to me and I've seen I've, or I feel like I've witnessed that happen. And then Interesting. I think in some ways the person gets better. Yeah. You know, because they have to make their jokes more clear or or tighter or yeah. something. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. What I'm going to do is I'm going to do a tour of Pakistan and China. <laughs> and I'm really going to challenge myself <laughs> you know, to try to get across my jokes through facial expressions <laughs> and body movement. Get it done. Pure one hour pantomime. Destroy. <laughs> I, would, uh, I would pay to see that tour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of my jokes are told through the splits, yeah. and I do the splits. <laughs> what? This killed in China. People get it. People get it. She's talking Worldwide. Us. I mean, yeah. it's really... I mean, even if I'm wearing a hijab, people get it. Is it called a hijab? I'm worried I said that wrong. I think it's called a hijab. Okay. Did you ever see that, uh, that series Tom Rhodes did? No. Uh, what was it? Rhodes Scholar. Oh, was it great? Yeah, it was pretty good. He went to like Philippines and like war torn countries and and did stand up. I just think it'd be funny if you. Oh, if, that sounds awesome. It's pretty good. I I don't know what channel it was for, but okay, uh, I'm sure it's a YouTubeable or maybe Huluable. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Rhodes Scholar. R R H O D E. Yeah, Rhodes. No, I'm totally. I'm t- you have given me some things I need to read and watch. Yeah. Um, I probably better go because I've got right. to okay. work on my show business as well as iron my clothes for this <laughs> evening yeah. and watch some terrible television while doing it. <laughs> In that order? Well, I think I'm gonna iron, I'm gonna let myself iron and watch as a treat. Mm. Yes. It's a yeah. That's <laughs> kind of uh. That's an older lady treat. <laughs> I do oh, yeah. that. Cigarettes and glasses I used to uh, snort cocaine, <laughs> but now I I iron I, and I watch uh, animal shows. You earned this. Oh, I did. I sure did. Uh, so Unwanted Thought Syndrome is at the Montreal Just for Laughs Comedy Festival, July 25th to the 31st. Uh, so if you're in Montreal, you got to check that out. Showbizmonkeys.com